You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. 2 Peter chapter 1 is really where we're going to be in for the entire month of November that I have here for adult Sunday school class. At least that's going to be the basis for a lot of what we're talking about and kind of gone back and forth on what to even call this series that we're going to have. There's been some things going through my mind as far as um, this book of Second Peter, how it applies and the areas we're going to be discussing, but I believe the Lord will show us that as it applies to us. So for starters, let's just read this Second Peter, we're going to read chapter 1 down through verse 11. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall ne- neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray that you would bless this word this morning, Lord, that you will just help me, Lord, give me the words to say, Lord, that I can speak truth to the people here this morning, Lord, that we can be edified, that we can be uplifted in our walk with you, Lord, that you would be glorified through us, Lord, that we would have this... uh, these attributes in our lives, these character qualities, Lord, that you desire for us so that we can bring forth fruit to your honor and your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I know that we, Second Peter is a familiar book for us. I know Pastor did a series on Second Peter not too long ago. Um, I'd probably say five years if I was to guess. So it's been a while, I guess, as far as that's concerned, but it never hurts for us to go through it again. Um, one of the areas that I know for me is, you know, focusing on an area and spending some time on it is hard for me to do. Um, I can say this as far as when I need to train people at work and teach them. I have a hard time. I would rather just sit down and do it instead of trying to teach somebody how to do it. So for me, it takes some effort on my part just to, to focus. And like I said, we're going to try to focus on this, these few verses here in Second Peter for the entire month. But I know there's a lot in here that we need to work on in our own lives. I know I need to work on them in my life for sure. So, 
in verse 12, Peter tells us that he would be negligent. We didn't even read verse 12, but in verse 12 of this book, Peter tells us that he would be negligent if he didn't bring these things to the memory of the minds of the people often so that they would understand that these are things that are profitable for every believer to have in their life. If they didn't have these things in their life that he covered in the first 11 verses, then they're not going to be successful. We're not going to be successful in our life. We're not going to abound in the fruit that we need to have, and we're not going to have that abundant entrance into the kingdom when we enter into heaven. So there are seven areas, though, in this passage of Scripture that I really want to focus on this month, that I really, it's going to be the emphasis, and what I'm, like I said, I have a hard time coming up with a name for it. Right now I'm calling it the portfolio of fruitfulness, or the portfolio of grace that we need to have in our life. And that's seven areas, if you find in verse 5 through 7, the seven areas of this book that Peter lays out for us in a significant order. I don't believe that he said these things in any random order. I don't think he said, add these to your faith in any random order, because he was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And I believe these verses here are more relevant today, and they're, they're always relevant to the Christian. But I think they're more relevant today as the world gets darker around us. We need to have these things in our life more prevalent than we have yesterday. And moving forward on into our lives, we need to continue to build these things in our lives. Build up this portfolio of fruitfulness or this portfolio of grace in our life. But let's start out. Today we're just going to do an overview of Second Peter kind of what we're going to discuss, but I just want to go through Second Peter today, have an overview of this chapter, chapter 1, verse 1 through 11. First and foremost, if you find in verse 1, the Apostle Peter calls himself a servant, and a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. He doesn't, notice he doesn't put apostle first, he puts servant first. So often we don't like to claim that servitude portion of Christianity. We like to have the important positions. We like to be recognized for what we do. We don't want to look at it as being the servant of Christ. We don't want to do anything that might be hard or tedious. We need to have that same attitude that Peter had of being the servant of Christ. He understood that his role as an apostle was only made possible by being a servant first of all. So he's writing this epistle to believers, those who have like precious faith. This pre precious faith is what he calls it, precious faith, because it's obtained only one way. It's obtained only through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, having faith in his shed blood. It's precious faith. It's only obtained through the righteousness of God, through Jesus Christ. Righteousness, that's that integrity, that virtue, that purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Righteousness, right living. This is not our righteousness, but God's righteousness that saves us. We haven't been made partakers of this like precious faith because of anything that we have done personally. The only way we've done it is through God's righteousness, through Jesus' sacrifice for us. And he made this way possible for us so that we could be acceptable to God, so we could have this condition of acceptability before our Father when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So, Peter lays out for us in verse 1 that the only way you can even receive this epistle, the only way you can even understand this letter that he is writing, is if you have that like precious faith. If you are a believer. 
If you've, only, if you've been made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, then you can understand this. Otherwise, it's going to be impossible. Like the rest of Scripture, it's impossible for an unbeliever to truly understand the depths and the riches of the Word of God if they don't have faith in Jesus Christ first. So that is the background. That is where Peter starts us off. Now we move into verse 2 through verse 4. Because we are of this like precious faith, because we have put our faith in Jesus Christ, there are certain blessings that we have been given. We need to understand these blessings, and we need to take advantage of them. First of all, we find in verse 2, he says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So, his first desire is that we would have more grace, and that we would have more peace. And so often, as we look in our own lives, do we see grace, and do we see peace evident in, in our life? Or do we see lack of peace, and not walking in grace, not having the ability to respond to difficult situations in our life? Do we see that evident in our life, or do we see that grace and peace? If we don't see that grace and peace, then we need to look farther down in this verse. The way grace and peace is multiplied unto us is through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So it's a simple math problem, that when we have more knowledge of God, more knowledge of His Word, when grace and peace is given to us, it's going to be in greater portion than if we have less knowledge and less, less knowledge of the Word of God. So if we are needing peace, if we are needing grace in our lives, we need to have more knowledge of the Word of God in order for that to happen in our lives. So, so often we see people going around looking everywhere for answers to their situation, but the real answer is have more knowledge of God. Have a close relationship with God. Get in the Word of God, and then you will see that grace and peace that you are desiring. So is fear and unsettledness controlling our life? Do we need that? Do we need more peace? The answer is the knowledge of God. So the reason we need to know Him is He has given us, and we need to know His Word, is that He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. We find that in verse 3. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You know there's nothing that is in Scripture, or there's nothing outside of the Scripture, that can add anything to us that we need. All we need for this life is found in the Word of God. All things that pertain to life and godliness are found in the knowledge of God. We cannot live the Christian life successfully without having a proper knowledge of God and His Word. We think of life. What is life to us? We think of it as that everyday living, that going about sometimes mundane tasks that we really wish we didn't have to do every day. That life, surviving, taking care of our family, doing our responsibilities. It's impossible to live that life without having God living it through us, without having the knowledge of God, and without being godly. Remember in verse 3 it also says, pertain unto life and to godliness. All things that pertain unto life that everyday activity, and also godliness, living that sanctified life, living a life that is pleasing to God. Also translated, holiness. How can we live a godly, holy life unless we have the knowledge of Him whose main attribute is holiness? How can we do that if we reject that study of the Word of God or that close fellowship, that daily prayer time with God? How can we live a holy, godly life life without it. So if we do not understand or have the knowledge of God and His holiness, 
we will definitely not understand his calling that is mentioned in verse 3. And he has called us to two things, it says in verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1. It says he has called us, number one, unto glory, number two, to virtue. So the first thing we've been called to in this verse, in verse 3, is glory. Now this is not our glory. This is redirected glory. This is us living a godly, holy life, a life that is pleasing to the Lord, so that we can bring honor and glory to the Lord, so that we can direct that glory to Him. When we receive praise, when we receive glory of men, we need to direct that to the Lord. This is whether we work, we play, we eat, whatever we do is to be done to the glory of the Lord. Remember 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And when we, when we bring glory to God, we please God, which is the reason we were created in the first place. The second aspect of our calling that we find here in verse 3 of 2 Peter chapter 1 is we've been called to virtue. Now, virtue is something that is really foreign to a lot of people and probably even a lot of Christians as we look around us in this world that we live in. Virtue is moral excellence. It's that purity, knowing what is right to do and what is wrong to do in a situation. You know, the root of this word, uh, this root word virtue, also implies manliness or valor in time of war, or in time, uh, just manliness and valor in general. Being bold in the face of conflict. That is the root of this word virtue. And we're, we're going to look at this in more depth next week. But part of our calling to be a successful Christian, a Christian who is glorifying the Lord, is to have virtue in our life, to be virtuous people. Now down to verse 4. Whereby, according to all these things that he's listed in the first three verses, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. We have some promises that have been given to us that are exceeding great and exceedingly precious. Do we take advantage of those promises, though? That's the question for each and other, every one of us. Do we take advantage, advantage of those great and precious promises? I can think of some of them, one of them being we get to spend eternity in heaven with our Lord. We don't have to live in bondage to sin. We also will rule and reign with Christ. That's a precious promise. Another promise is that we have a comforter. We have the Holy Spirit living with us, guiding us, directing us. That is a precious promise. Now there's other promises, but these promises and many others allow us to partake of Jesus' divine nature. It allows us to become more like Christ. You know, apart from these aspects, apart from glory and virtue, apart from these precious promises, if we don't believe the promises, we're going to have no desire to become more like Christ, right? And so you see people that live out, that claim to be Christian, that are not necessarily, we look at them and we say they have no desire to do what's right. Well, why is that? They obviously do not believe the promises of God. They are not willing to partake of the promises because they don't believe in them. They are not applied them into their life as they should have. These promises also keep us from the corruption of this world. It says, and, that, and it says that in verse 4, that by these promises, or that by these, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. And it tells us right here what the corruption in the world is. And that is lust. We can look around us and we don't have to look very far to see that one of the main drivers of this world's corruption is lust. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Lust drives the corruption of this world. And we know as believers, 
that are partakers of his divine nature, that have escaped this corruption, that have embraced these precious promises, we can escape this corruption of the world through lust. Our world is completely driven by lust. You know, but I think back to the beginning of the scripture, you see that the world has been driven by lust ever since Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden. I mean, they, Eve fell basically by her lust for something, lust to be like God. And then we think of Cain and Abel. You know, Cain fell because he was lustful of what Abel desired or covetous of what Abel was getting. Abel received this blessing for his good sacrifice. And Cain did not. And that drove him to commit murder. We think of, you know, ever since they came off the ark, Noah came off the ark, we found that lust has driven men to do corrupt things. We face those lusts every day as well. We face the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. And then add into that the pride of life. We are always battling corruption in this world. But the good news is we have escaped that corruption through the promises of God's word. That's why we have to know the promises in order to escape that corruption. So do we allow Christ to rule and reign in our hearts? Or do we take control of our actions? Because lust is really that. We see something that we desire, and instead of giving that over to the Lord and allowing Him to bring it into our life as He sees fit, we take control and we go after that thing that we so desire. We cannot, allow, we cannot escape the corruption of this world unless we are allowing Christ to rule in our heart. So this is the background in verse 1-4 through four of what Peter has given to us as before he moves into the next section of what we need to add into our life. This portfolio that we need to have of these aspects, these character qualities that will make us fruitful believers. We're just going to take a quick overview of these items at this time, and then we'll move into them the next week in, in detail, Lord willing. So here are the seven things that Peter lays out for us in verse 5 through 7, and I'm going to read them again. It says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. So, we see that we need to add virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity, all added to that faith. Remember, faith is the basis. Faith is the groundwork. If we do not have faith, then we are lost from the very beginning. We can't grow in our Christian life unless we first have put faith in our Lord Jesus. doesn't mean we need to, don't need to increase our faith. We do need to increase our faith. But the faith is there. We need to add to it. We need to build up. We need to increase our knowledge of God so that we can have these character qualities that are the basis for us having fruit, producing fruit. You know, so many times we see Christians that are not producing fruit. And even us, even myself, I can see areas where I'm unfruitful. And that is because I don't have the qualities that allow me to produce fruit in my life. I don't have these things that the Lord desires to be in my life in order for us, for me to produce fruit. So, first of all, we need to have faith. And pastors talked about he's going to bring a salvation message this morning. Are you afraid to die? First of all, you have to have faith in the Lord Jesus. You have to repent of your sins. We have to believe in the redemption through his blood and accept his free gift. And once we have that faith, once we have that foundation, then we can start increasing our portfolio. You know, in order to start building up any investment account, you first of all have to have an account started, right? Faith is our opening up our account. 
right? That's creating our account that we have where now we can start investing in eternal blessings, eternal fruit. Because of this work of, 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 in a Christian's life, though, is not a thing we can do on our own. It has to be done through the Holy Spirit. So we can't be looking at ourselves and saying, oh, I really, need to, I really need to build virtue in my life. This is something we need to ask the Lord to do in our lives. But I don't think that it's wrong for us to focus on areas and say, Lord, work this area in my life. It's something we should be doing every day. We know the areas where we struggle. We know the areas where we need help. We need to ask the Lord to do his work in our lives. And we need to focus on these areas that Peter has laid out for us. Without a desire, though, to grow in grace, without a desire to add these things to our lives and to focus on these specific areas of our lives, increase a desire to increase in our knowledge of the Lord, we cannot accomplish anything in our life for the Lord. You know, the Lord Jesus never forces anyone to work for him, to be his servant, to come to him. For instance, even though salvation is entirely a work of Christ, which we know it is, you know, Christ did the work for us, we still have to reach out and accept his free gift, right? We, there is some, some portion of responsibility in every person. And that is something that we see is trying to be removed from society as a whole is any sort of individual responsibility. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything. You know, it is still our responsibility to come to Christ, to accept Jesus as our Savior. It's also still our responsibility to desire to grow. The Lord Jesus isn't just going to grow us whether we want to or not. We have to want to grow in Him. We have to want to expand our portfolio, to grow in grace, to have more fruit for the Lord, or else we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. So look down at verse 8. It tells us what the benefit is to having these seven areas for if these things be in you and abound, they make the, you that ye shall neither be fruitful, or that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if we have these things, if we have filled out our portfolio with these character qualities that Peter lays out for us here, we will have much fruit in our life. We will have that fruit that will last for all eternity. It says, Peter says, if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. You won't be barren or unfruitful if you have these things in our life. So if we look at my life, or if I look at your life, and you're not producing fruit, what does that mean? It means we don't have these things in our life that are required in order for us to produce fruit. Building these items upon our faith is the only way that we can produce spiritual fruit. And Peter says these things must be in us and abound. Not in small portions, okay? We can't just take a little bit here and a little bit there and say, okay, I'm good enough. No, they need to abound in our lives. They need to be evident so that everyone can see that. And if we have these seven areas, these seven things abounding in our life, we know that the Lord Jesus will make us fruitful. We won't be unfruitful. And we will do his will in our life the way he wants us to do it, right? And that's the only way we can produce fruit, is by walking in the Spirit, by fulfilling God's calling in our life, by doing his will. Verse 10 tells us also that give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. So often we see Christians falling away from the faith. Or maybe we've seen our own selves fall away and backslide. You know, if we have these things, and we do these things, 
Peter tells us that we will never fall. Now, never is a pretty strong word. But we know that he was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. If we have these things in our life that are laid out here in verse 5 through 7, we will never fall. And that's something for us to give us motivation. This is, a, this is one of those promises of God right here. That if we have these things, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity, we will never fall in our Christian life. So, verse 10 also mentions that this will make our calling and our election sure. Now, what was our calling? It was mentioned in verse 3. It said we are called to glory and virtue. So if we have these things, our calling that the Lord has called us to, to bring glory to Him and to have virtue in our life, we will have them be sure. Now, this isn't just a matter of checking our pocket like we always do to make sure we have our wallet and our cell phone. At least that's I do. Maybe keys sometimes. But not going very far if I don't have the keys. So I don't worry about that. But you, this isn't what it's talking about. It's not just slapping your pockets and making sure you have what you think you should have. That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about just checking offhandedly. This is saying make your calling and election sure is really talking about making your calling election steadfast, unmovable, unbreakable. You won't be moved off your calling. You won't be able to be twisted into the areas of compromise that we see so often happening around us. If we have these things, we are going to be stable, solid, steadfast, unmovable Christians. We will be people that are bringing forth fruit to the glory and honor of the Lord. And it says we will never fall if we have these things. We will never fall. So why do Christians fall away in their life? Why do we fall away in our life? Because we have not made these seven things. We have not built up our portfolio so that we have these areas that will keep us steadfast, unmovable, in our walk with the Lord. And what is the downfall to not having these things? Save that for last. Verse 9 tells us the downfall. But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So, if we don't have these things in our life, what is our condition? What is our spiritual condition before God? It really says we are blind. It doesn't say we are unbelievers. It just says we are blind. We can't see afar off. Remember, he's talking, to, um, he's talking to believers here. Believers that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. But if we don't add these things, if we don't continue to build up in our lives these character qualities, we will not have the vision to see clearly in this world. We will, we will be blind to the things going around us. We will be blind to our knowledge of the Word of God. We will be blind to seeing how the Holy Spirit is trying to work in our life. We'll have our faith and nothing else. We won't be able to turn aside and help others or to have others be a focus because we're going to be focused only on ourselves. You know, a blind person really is not seeing too much around him other than, you know, what's going on in his own mind, right? They can't see. All you're seeing is what's in your own mind. Now, you can feel kind of vaguely what's going on around you, but you can't see clearly what is taking place. You can't see clearly how to walk. And that is what Peter relates to us, is that if we don't have these seven things in our life, we are going to be blind. We are not going to be able to see afar off. We're not going to be able to plan for the future. We're not going to be able to follow God's leading 
when we are blind because we have not added these things. And then secondly, it says that we have forgotten that we are purged from our old sins. And this only enhances our self-focus. When we forget the salvation that has been given to us, when we forget the redemptive work that Jesus has done for us, we, instead of looking to Christ, we now look to ourself. We look to ourself to live out our life in the best way that we see fit, and we know how that ends, right? It brings us trials, it brings us turmoil, it brings us failure, it brings us uh, discomfort, a breakup of the family. That's all the things that happen when we lose sight of God and His plan for us and we focus on ourselves. We become blind because we have not added these things. We have not continued to grow and continue to add into our life the things that the Lord desires us to add. So, like I said, I had a hard time coming up with something. The Lord, I mean, there was a few things that went through my mind of how to reference this. Something that it would be an easy picture for us to understand as we move into the coming weeks. But I think portfolio really gives us an idea of what we really need to be adding. You know, when you have a portfolio, an investment portfolio, and every one of us have a portfolio, whether it's, you know, stocks or our house or our car, everything that we have in our life is some investment portfolio. You know, it takes some pre-planning and some diligence in order to build up some sort of investment portfolio, right? I mean, you can't just wing it. People that just wing it end up with nothing. If they just go about saying, I'm not going to worry about tomorrow, I'm just going to worry about today, at the end of their life, they're, they're, hate to say it, but sometimes, you know, people that have really worked and worked in a really good job for a lot of years, at the end of their life, they're saying, I need some more money. So then they, what's the only jobs available? They go to Walmart or Meyer, and they stand out there and say, hello. You know, and I'm saying that's all, all the time, but that's, that's what happens to a lot of people, you know? And I'm not saying that's a bad job. That's a pretty good job, actually, because I would like to just stand there and say, hello. <laughs> but, hey, but, you know, at the time when we expect people to be retiring and to not necessarily be going to work and working 40 hours a week, you know, you don't have that money. You don't have those investments because we didn't plan accordingly. You know, also, if you don't invest in the right time, at the right, at the right time, and in the right things, you don't have any return on your investment. And I believe Peter put these in order for us so that we can understand, first of all, we need to add virtue. Once we have virtue added to our life and we abound in virtue, we also have, have knowledge. And then we have to have temperance. Then we have to have patience. Then we have to have godliness. We can't be successful unless we have all these things, but we need to add them in progression. As verse 10 says, though, it requires diligence. It takes diligence to put together this character qualities in our life. We, have to, we can't just say, okay, Lord, make me a better Christian. I mean, well, how, what's that, what's that going to do for us? We're going we're gonna to say, okay, I want to be a better Christian, and then tomorrow I want to be a better Christian. No, we need to focus on the areas of our life that we need to build up, that we need to, according to the knowledge that the Lord has revealed to us from his word, and that's why we need to be in the word of God, so we can have him showing to us that mirror that we can look into our own hearts so that we know those areas that we need to change, that we need to build up. And this is a process. It doesn't just happen on its own. We need to work and allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in our hearts. And we need to ask him to do it. But I believe these seven areas, and we're going to talk about them this month, we need to focus on them. Just as, just as the Apostle Peter thought it was necessary to focus on them in his epistle, we need to focus on them so that we can be those Christians that bring forth fruit to the honor and glory of the Lord as He desires us to. Every single one of us is going to bring forth fruit in a different amount, a different quantity, different area. But 
We all need to have these same seven things built up in our lives. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this time. We could look in your word. Lord, I pray that you would just help this message to go forth, Lord, to touch our hearts, and Lord, to show us the areas that we need to change, Lord, that we need to add to our lives, Lord, so that we can bring forth fruit to your honor and glory, Lord. I pray that you would just continue to work this word in our hearts and my heart especially, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.